Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined as always by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Please share the podcast. Um, We were talking before. Today is a day that is not for the faint of heart. Uh, Number one, we are potty training in the house right now. Uh, And to quote, uh, this was my old English teacher that had this expression, and I've kind of grabbed it as my own it's going over like a pregnant pole vaulter right now so well i've only been potty trained i've never potty trained yeah so i i'm yeah kind of got lucky in that way yeah the the uh, uh basic premise is you you either take it's sans sans diaper and then it's up to you if you want to do just naked from the waist down or underwear so we have we were going the underwear route we're on i think our fourth pair of underwear today so so you just okay. So you just eschew the diaper yep. and say uh, we're going all the all yep. in here. Yeah, it's not like you can sit down and have a conversation, right? But also you you can't like have them wear a diaper and try to potty train them. Just, no, it doesn't work that it way. Does not work that way. So yeah, you then gotta, you got to tear off the bandaid. So you you one hundred percent have to tear okay. off the bandaid and then essentially just put them on the pot. Like it used to be, uh, parents would read books. That's what my mom told me. Okay, uh, but we've updated that. You know, it's an iPad, iPad now, so he can. And the only time he's getting the iPad is when he's on the pot. So we're trying to reward him right. with what he loves. To to not not working so far. I mean, we we're only you know twenty four hours into this thing. A uh, couple peas on the on the hardwood floor. So I'm happy to say everything's been on tile or hardwood nice. floor. So that's been great. Uh, the worst one, not to get too graphic, was I reached down to take wet pants off. I thought it was just wet underwear. He had pooed, and I got a uh, thumb full of uh, uh, toddler poo. You know, it's ironic. They're spending a lot of time, or he, he is spending a lot of time on the toilet as old people. Spend, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like you start and end doing the same thing. It's another one of those things. That's yeah. a really, <laughs> That's a really great observation. I didn't even think about that, but anyway, T's and P's for the uh, Greek household. Uh, the second reason it is not for the faint of heart today, it's uh, it's about 99 degrees outside. In it's going to hit right 99 now. today, yeah. yeah. It was 97 yesterday. It was brutal. going to be worse today. It's insane. Uh, compared to the current temperature in the downstairs. Well, that brings club. us to our next segment is the weather report for today. Uh, it's 57, getting colder. Uh, chance of snow tonight if it trends in the same direction here. <laughs> It is absolutely frigid down here. <laughs> and I swear to you, I have got every vent closed. I, I double checked that a couple weeks ago when, you know, it really got hot to make sure I'm not wasting any money. Um, I did. I took the meat thermometer out because I was that curious and it, it officially got down to 57 degrees. It's amazing. I mean, <laughs> I just wish I could sleep down here. You are invited to sleep down here anytime you want. I have. This is a phenomenal napping room right? sure, it's, a, yeah. it's a downstairs athletic club it's a playroom for the kids yeah. it's a nap room for the dad it's it's a very talented talented space all right so we got really just one housekeeping yeah. item today housekeeping no thank you sleeping housekeeping. just one one item it's a big one though Pete Thamel from Yahoo Sports says former Tulsa athletic director Derek Gregg expected to become the next AD. He was hired as the next AD at Northwestern. He was serving as the NCAA's senior VP for inclusion, education, and community engagement, which seems like a step down from an athletic director, even yeah, at a maybe G5. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. 
Um, I haven't put a bunch of research into this other than uh, talking to our buddy Chappie, who will be mentioned again several times in this podcast. And uh, his take was that he was very happy with the hire. Okay. So from an Iowa, Illinois, everybody else in the Big Ten West fan base, that would probably mean it's not a good hire from from our standpoint. But I guess you never really know until him and Fitzy start working together for a while. Yeah, and I I didn't do a lot of research. I just didn't have time. Um, I don't know when he was at Tulsa, but they've played. They've done pretty well. Right. You know, they have a good football program. So, yeah, maybe good hire. Now, I should point out, though, because Northwestern Athletics points this out. It's not an athletic director. That's not what he is. He was named the Comb Family Vice President for Athletics and Recreation. Comment. Not an athletic director. Go, go it's ahead. the most Northwestern. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what I, I, that's what I thought we were getting at. I would hope even Northwestern fans would kind of giggle and snort at that yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's like, bit. wait, let's just call it an AD. Come on, can't we? It's got to be different, don't they? Oh, boy. That's hilarious. Well, yeah. anyways, congratulations to him. Quite quite the career accomplishment for anybody that gets into that role. Okay. So uh, we have noticed that our last couple podcasts have gone long. Um, I will say, at least with the last one, uh, which was funny because I joked about probably needing to be close to a high-speed internet access to download it. I had to be next to an I it, okay. would, it wouldn't let me download it through right you know typical uh, uh, just you know just using cell phone uh, cell phone towers. Um, anyways, we're gonna try to go a little bit quicker. With that being said, this is our mailbag pod and boy did you guys respond with not only awesome questions but quite a few of them as well. Yeah. Um, I mean you joked uh, when we first started this podcast three years ago, we didn't know if we'd ever get 20 people listening to the podcast. We got over 20 people asking questions to the podcast. So this is a podcast by the fans for the fans. You guys responded and we very much, very much appreciate that. All right. So we will do our best to read the Twitter handle for each question, answer it. Some of them, you know, are going to elicit a longer answer than others. Hopefully people understand that first one out is from Justin Fielder at CuzCast. Justin, what are your locks for over under win totals in the big this year? So we're starting out with, with a big one. I'm going to quickly read through. We'll do the East first, uh, go through our picks, and then do the West. How's that sound? Yeah, that works for me. Okay. So uh, greatest number to smallest, as one would expect, Ohio State. They're over under set at 11. Penn State set at 9. The Indiana Hoosiers set at eight. The Michigan Wolverines set at 7.5. Have we ever seen Indiana have a season total higher than Michigan? I sincerely doubt that's the case. Yeah, I again, I always go back to like that the late 80s, 87, 88, but I don't even know if they would have had a, a win. Win no, total. they wouldn't. Have, no, they wouldn't. But have been. Michigan would have had a higher number, right? Anyways, yeah, so I, I'm. I would venture out a guess to say this is the first time since they've been doing season win totals that Indiana's ever been higher than Michigan. I wonder if Michigan was really down in the '60s before Bo came along. Okay, that might have been it. Might have been it. Okay, uh, we got Maryland at six, Michigan State at four, and a hook and Rutgers at four. What do you got? Okay, so we're going with our locks here. Is that right? Yeah, I would say the ones you feel most comfortable about. Okay. I like 
the under for Maryland at six. I very much like the under. And, 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 so, and I want to preface this by saying I don't have a lot of good news for Big Ten East fans for the, the over-unders I'm looking at here. Okay, and, and the reason, though, Maryland plays West Virginia out of conference. They're, they're you know, more winnable games. Illinois, Rutgers, Michigan State, they're all on the road. I have a hard time seeing them reach six. I, I was shocked to see this at six. If I'm... If you told me that this was the best play on the board, both East and West, I wouldn't argue too hard with you. No, I think I might put something down on that one there. Okay. Go ahead. Keep going. Okay, so my next one is right under them is Michigan State. I'm going with an under for Michigan State because they're at Miami, Florida. Um, Again, a couple winnable games at Rutgers, at Purdue. It's kind of the same story. And it like you could certainly see them going over that. I'm not saying that one's a lock, whereas I kind of feel like Maryland's more of a lock anyway, yep. but that one kind of jumped out a little at me. The one thing I, so I've got Michigan state under as well. Just like you said, don't like it nearly as much that first game of the year versus Northwestern. You can pretty much, I mean, if they would win that game, you feel really good about it going yep. over. If they lose, I would feel very much good that it's going to go under. Honestly, I'm kind of reading through the tea leaves from Michigan State fans, and a lot of them not thinking that that was a number that they were really comfortable with, so that's what I took it. Keep going. Yeah, and I think a lot of it probably is just the historical bias. It's Michigan State. They're going to win more than four and a half games, right? Definitely. Yeah. I think that plays there, in. There is a lot of new uh, faces and new places. I mean, I know that it's, it's cliche to say uh, year zero and year one. I'm being if, serious. If this is ever, year, this is year one yes, for Mel Tucker. If it ever applies, and I know they've done well in the portal, but still, those are all new guys coming into new uh, schemes. Yep. Um, I like the under for Indiana. Uh, I do too. This I is, went under. Really? I did. Okay. Well, I, okay. And the, the the number one reason is Michael Penix. Very much so. Yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, I'm told a bent Penix is painful. So I am, if, I am nervous about if, penis X. Yes. If if, if that Penix bends. There's going to be a lot of pain in Hoosierland. You can still get it done. It's just not as easy yeah. as you want it to be. Right. So, yeah, that is more of a I'm gambling on penis X than anything else. Uh, and then the next one is Michigan under 7.5. I mean, there's a little bit of spidey sense going off with this one for me. But I, and by the way, so you went under you went Michigan under Michigan under. I went Michigan under, but I'm just a slight it's lean. Slight. OK. But And here's one thing about their schedule. All three non-conference are at home. OK. But they play Washington, but it's at home. That's at home, too. So yeah. that makes me almost say I should change it, but it's a very slight under. So kind yeah. of like what we said about Michigan State there, um, uh, you will probably know pretty early how that over-under is going to go for anybody that bet it. Um, and we're kind of, by the way, we're starting to kind of, you know, we're, we're – Kind of letting you in on where we're starting to lean with some of these teams. With that being said, none of this is official until I really dig through the magazines. I would think the same thing for you. Uh, to bring our buddy Chappie in, because he provided the uh, numbers here, some of the ones he liked the most was Ohio State over 11. So he likes Ohio yeah, State they, going. They play Oregon out of conference. Yeah. I, I have to go. I want push on that, that one. That is a push. Because I can't see them going under 11. Correct. I don't care who's playing quarterback, but – it's a spicy schedule. It is. I, I think push is the call, but you know, this I'll probably wind up regretting this, but put a gun to my head. If I have to choose over under, I would go over. I would go under. I would go over. Okay. I think, I mean, you could make a good argument for both. Uh, Chappie also likes Indiana for the under and Michigan state 
over the 4.5. Okay. Interesting enough. Okay, moving on to the West. Yeah, so for the West, oh, for me. Shoot. I got to give the uh, over-unders. Oh, first, uh, so. yeah. Okay. Uh, Wisconsin at nine and a half. Iowa at eight and a half wins. Minnesota at seven. Northwestern at six. Nebraska also at six. Purdue at five. And Illinois at 3.5. Go ahead. Yeah, the easiest one probably of all. I mean, maybe easier than Maryland is Northwestern over. Okay. At, at six. Okay. Because it's just Northwestern. Okay. They're going to Northwestern everything up. Okay. Every game they play. Okay. I understand. I'm not there with it's, you. It's the, it's that continual underestimation of Northwestern. They're going to have that six. It's going to be everywhere that they look yep. In, yep. in the preseason camp. Yep. I understand. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Uh, the other one for me is Purdue. I'm going with under for Purdue because they just continually shoot themselves in the foot with that non-conference scheduling. They got Oregon State. Granted, Oregon State's coming to town. They're playing Notre Dame as well. I I don't know why they do the two Power Five non-conference games. It's strange, but that's it. Just you're putting yourself behind the eight ball, and you're doing it early in the season, so it's hard to build momentum. So I got to go under there. Yeah. Uh, the the under that I like. As much as potentially Maryland under six is Purdue under five. I think I'm going to put a couple shekels on both of those here pretty quick. Right behind that, though, for one that I like a lot is Illinois over 3.5. Yeah. And I I see I see at, at last, you know, just glance of the schedule. Seven winnable games on that schedule. Yeah, I do too. Maybe even Somewhere, eight. Yeah. Maybe even eight. So I feel well, like if they go 500 in the games that I think they could win, well, but that's also, over right there. You know, they play UTSA, which is a, a pretty spicy non-Power 5 game, and they play Charlotte. But those should be two wins right there. Right. So then you're just looking at five winnable games. Can they win two of those five winnable Great games? Break down. Which I really think they can. And, and one thing to point out is they have two idle weeks because they play week zero. Okay. So. Okay. That's that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. Okay. You got a couple more. Or... Uh, those are my two Northwestern okay. Purdue that stick out to me. Although I do like I do like the over for Illinois at three point five. Okay. Uh, my other two that I like is the over seven for Minnesota. Maybe a little bit of a uh, wink, wink to how I'm starting to think about these teams, and maybe this is my biases in my head, but reverse wise. But eight and a half for Iowa seems just. A touch high for me. I could see that being a half of game under, but I think I kind of like the Iowa under 8.5. I don't like it, but I think that's the play. So for Minnesota, I like a push there, and the only reason is I just don't know if they're ready to really break into that top three, Wisconsin, Iowa, Northwestern. It's yep. going to be hard to do. So you're in order to Especially get Especially when wins, you're starting the year with Ohio State. Correct. Correct. Yep. Yep. Okay. Chappie the, doesn't like as many in the West quite as much. I think these two, or one of them, the two might surprise you. He also likes the over 3.5 for uh, Illinois. I take that back. He has another one, too. He also likes the under for Purdue, so we're three for three okay. on us liking that one. If you're a, a, a gambling man, probably a good reason to bet the over if all three of That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's usually how it works. Uh, but he also likes the over 9.5 for Wisconsin right there. So he likes the Badgers yeah. rebounding in a big way and winning 10 games, I which is with, what they typically do. I want the slight under for the Badgers there. Okay, that's a tough one. That is a great line right there at 9.5. But the thing is, usually somebody emerges, right, in the West. Like, I always look at the top three, and then you can kind of throw – uh, Minnesota in there lately too, 
But usually, and I'm like, well, how can anybody really get to 10 or 11 wins? But it always happens, yep. right? Somebody's yep. going to emerge. And if I had to pick somebody, it would be Wisconsin. Okay. All right. So thanks, Justin Fielder, for that question. Next one up will be the second one we probably spend the most time on, or at least I will spend the most time on this, which is a question from Standing Room Spartans at Standing Room MSU. Has Ohio State separated themselves to a point of no return for the next five to ten years? If not, who is the team that can, quote-unquote, consistently hang with them slash beat them for a multiple-year run? For the first time since we've had their number from 2011 to 15, which is what a Spartan fan should, you'd expect them to point out because they did have their number. People forget that. And he said he had to throw that in there. So the first thing I'm going to do is talk about the question. Then we will talk about the answer to the question, which essentially is comparing Ohio State to the rest of the Big Ten. Okay, the first thing with this question is it's obvious to me and to Kurt and to the person asking this question and anybody that pretty much follows the Big Ten football or college football in general that Ohio State has separated themselves from the rest of the pack in the Big Ten. My question is, why is that pointed out so much yet? We don't seem to talk about that with the gigantic gap between Clemson and the rest of the ACC. And I'm going to say the gap between Clemson and the rest of the ACC is far greater it than is. it is between Ohio State and the rest of the Big Ten. It is. Um, Oklahoma in the Big 12. It's another good one. They don't have a stranglehold on, on that conference? They don't. Oh, they do. They absolutely do. Nobody's challenged I mean, I was that. acting facetiously. Yeah, nobody challenges that. Like, the closest was them having to come from behind to, to beat Iowa State last year, but they're a shoe in for the conference championship game. And typically if they lost to a team during the season, they get them back in the conference championship game and wound up having a, you know, winning record over pretty much everybody. Like they have owned that conference. Okay. Then you move out West to the pac 12 where there is no elite team. So it's just like, who's going to win it on any given season. So it's basically take any of those conferences you just mentioned and pull the elite team out of it. That's the pac 12 bingo, which is way worse than, not having an elite team. Correct. So then that leaves the SEC, obviously. Now, I don't think there's any question that Alabama is by far the best, most consistent team in the SEC. Now, with LSU having jumped up um, and won a national championship by nefarious ways, if I do say so myself. And then also Georgia has been close and knocking on the door. So, I will admit that the gap between Alabama and the next team, because it kind of rotates whoever that team is, I will admit that it's closer. But the SEC is still top-heavy. I mean, what I'm saying is four of these leagues kind of look – it's like a four-way Spider-Man meme all pointing at each other. So I don't know why. The, the Big Ten would get, you know, the finger pointed at them the most or it, what it seems like to probably me. Probably just because it's the second most popular conference. So you, they just, they're out there. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. And then obviously you covered the Pac-12 wall. So, okay. That was the preface to the question. Now the answer, now the question again, has Ohio State separated themselves to a point of no return for the next five to ten years? Who is somebody that consistently hang or beat them? Go ahead. Well, I guess the thir- first thing is, what are Ryan Day's aspirations? Does he want to go to the pros? I could see that being something that, you know, kind of brings them back down to earth. Maybe if they hire a coach that's not quite on the same level as Urban or him. Another one, as long as the college football playoff stays at four teams, you're just going to have that 
that kind of, you know, cream rising to the top where all the good players just want to go to a handful of schools. So as long as those things stay the same, yeah, I think they've got a stranglehold for the next five to 10 years. On the Big Ten. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, let me ask you this. I'll put you on the spot just a little bit. Uh, for the next three years, would you pick Ohio State winning the Big Ten all three years or the field? Just once? Ohio State. Okay. Like, not even hesitating with that. Yeah. No, I'm not hesitating. How about if I stretch it out to six? I'd probably take the field. Okay. So it, it's kind of a time frame in there, too. Okay. Um, but also, he says, let's see, to point of no return, because he mentions for multiple year run. Yeah. So I, I, for one year, sure, I could see it happening. Okay. Multiple years, no. Hard to see that. Yeah. Um, and by the way, you know, Ohio State has kind of had a stranglehold on this conference for quite some time at least to the point where when you took, when you look at the other blue bloods in the conference, we'll just stay in the East with Penn state and Michigan. They've had a lot more dips and Ohio state just hasn't. They've had one dip during the coaching change. Isn't it funny when you look back to the John Cooper era where he couldn't beat Michigan, they were still the best team in the big 10. They won. They They were the most talented. They they would just just blow it every time against Michigan. They had a Michigan block. I mean, so think that you're going back, you have to go back to like the eighties to get to a time when they weren't the most dominant team. When the moniker used to be the big two and little eight and and we deserved it, you know, but it, it it is, it's had, it's been that long. The one thing I would want to point out is this. Um, I feel like the only game that people reference for the big 10 championship is when Ohio state just dog walked Wisconsin. Okay. We all saw that game. By the way, Ohio State won the national championship that year. They dog-walked a couple teams in the playoffs that year, okay? Now, I know Alabama and Oregon scored more points than than Wisconsin did, but, but I'm just saying... They were pretty a, convincing wins. That was a, that yeah. was, they were, I'm just saying that was a well-oiled machine. Okay, with that being st- said, Penn State has hung with Ohio State pretty regularly yeah. since James Franklin's got it up and yeah. going. He's he's beaten them once. Okay, but the like, thing they are lacking is an elite quarterback. Bingo. They can never find an elite quarterback. So but, until that happens, I don't see him really challenging. And Ohio I know that's State a big again. if. Okay, it's a big matzo ball out there. But and we'll actually touch on that with a different question that's coming later. These questions are fantastic. With that being said, like that's the only position where I feel like Ohio State is just hands down better than them. Well, that that and wide receiver. But I'm just saying defense and offense, like. Penn State is very close, especially when you look at the recruiting rankings. And then the last thing I would add. And, and the NFL draft picks. Right. They, they're right up yeah. there. Then the last thing I would add, and we'll move on. You know, Wisconsin and Northwestern have hung with Ohio yeah. State in these Big Ten championship games. Go back and look at some of these scores. Even more so, look at some of the scores at halftime. The The Big Ten West has has played them tough, yeah, you know, the, the, and, and a lot more of the Big Ten championship games themselves have been closer than what people yeah. give them credit for. So. so I would also add, watch out for Wisconsin because they keep improving their recruiting. So they've been doing it at a high level with the three-star and occasional four-star. Now they're throwing regular four-stars and an occasional five-star into the mix. So uh, especially their style of play being a little bit different than like Ohio State, Penn State, more control the ball, ground and pound. I, just watch out for them. It's I'm really interested to see what they do in the next two to three years here. Okay. All right. All right. Moving on to Matt Zedeker, the Zedman. Who do you see, or excuse me, what do you see for Graham Mertz's development. He was very up and down without a great supporting cast last year. Um, I'll go first. Unfortunately, I see a much better Graham Mertz this year. Um, Okay. 
everybody saw him look like Tom Terrific that first game versus Illinois. Okay. To a certain degree, it set the bar to an unrealistic height right from the get-go. He certainly didn't look that good the rest of the year, but there was so many weird things that went down with them not playing and practicing, Rona stuff. I mean, we obviously saw when these teams, especially with the newer quarterback, which I can think you can definitely say Mertz was one of them, they had the most struggles because he didn't have an experienced quarterback to go. Along with the injuries that they had from the pass-catching situation, the 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 consistency and just rock solid program will be back this year. That's what I'm predicting. The weapons will be back and some of other ones will develop. To me, that means the Graham Mertz we're going to see this fall is going to be a very good one. Just not the one that completed 78 straight passes in you know, first game of the year last yeah, year. Yeah, he won't be asked to do quite as much this year, so that'll take some of the pressure. I also wonder like you had Jack Cohn kind of in his shadow last year. It must have been a weird dynamic in the quarterback room because it was Jack's team. He's taken over. Jack was kind of unhealthy, but then he was healthy. And it's like, no, we're just going to roll with, with Graham. He's the future. That Now we know it's his team, right? And he knows it's his team. So I think there's a psychological aspect there, too. That is a fantastic point. Couldn't agree more. All right, moving on to Levi Pop at Leave It That One Guy. Which Big Ten teams would play Alabama or Clemson tough and keep it semi-close? Okay, so first thing I want to say is if we are comparing it to the Alabama team that played last year, (laughs) no Big Ten team this year would keep it close. Now, if I am kind of prognosticating into this year, okay, Alabama lost. I, I know we say this all the time. They're going to reload. Don't get me wrong. But they lost a ton of dudes into the NFL, a ton of offensive dudes into the NFL. Uh, Clemson lost their quarterback. They've got a couple guys here and there that they've lost as well. They're they're stalwart running back. So if I'm projecting Alabama and Clemson to be a tick back and then, you know, projecting up with a couple of these teams, that's that's where I would start with it. Yeah, I just go with there's always and we're going to get to this in a, in maybe a couple questions here. There's always a handful of really elite defenses in the Big Ten. So in any given year, whatever those teams are, I think you have a chance to hang with those really good teams. Now, when that's a different story, and I would even go so far as like, let's take the five best defensive football teams in the Big Ten, put them up against those teams and see what happens. I imagine they probably blow a couple of them out, but then a couple, two or three, hang with them for a while. That's fair. Um, As far as beat, Ohio State or Clemson next year. There's only one team. That's Ohio State that I could see. Bammer Clemson. Yeah, Bammer. Yeah, Ohio State beating. uh, Only one that I could see beating Bammer Clemson. So obviously, naturally, they can hang with them. After that, I if Wisconsin's defense is what we think it's going to be, if their if their offensive line and running game gets back, I think it could be a formula that just keeps Alabama or Clemson off balance a little bit and hangs with them. We have seen Wisconsin, like LSU, four or five years ago, whatever it was. I mean, they beat LSU, you know, that year. They've hung with other big time. I can see that. The next two teams down that are down would be Penn State. And if I don't know if I'm being brash or not, but Iowa. No, I can Iowa see for Iowa. the reasons that I just laid out for yeah. Wisconsin. Iowa in a year where they are pretty solid offensively. We know they always play great defense. I could see them making it a spicy game. Spicy game. Yeah. Now, not win. Just, no, not win. Just hang. And then Penn State's not that far off for talent-wise. Like, again, to go back to what we already talked about, you give Penn State a quarterback, 
very much could hang with those and teams. one that i think is interesting is northwestern's team last year now i don't i wouldn't put them against bama last year but northwestern last year against you know a typical clemson or a typical bama team i would love to see that game because their defense was just so good last yep. year yep it's a great point all right next one up is from nick at csb rrg i don't know if this one's kind of a joke or not but he asked, what's my favorite or what's our favorite college football video game of all time? I, I, the reason I think it's a joke is because I only really know one college football game, which was NCAA football, which ended in 2014. The so. reason I think it's a joke is because that's not my world, man. Okay. I don't yeah. play in that space. Yeah. Um, that's the only one I can think of. If, if you're asking me, and maybe I'm forgetting one and, and, and gamers are going to rip me apart, but I can just only think of NCAA college football. And I loved Which I that never game. played. Oh my God. I absolutely love that game. The fact that it's coming back, hopefully will coincide with me and my son being able to play together so, and stuff like that. I'm very okay. much looking forward to that. So it definitely is coming back. It definitely is coming back. Well, 99%. They, yeah, they made the, it, you never know. They made an announcement that it's okay. coming back. So, but they haven't said when that most people think it would be either before next year or the year after that. There was no Nintendo college no, game it's that been. I can recall. No, no, it's always just been, you know, NFL games or whatever. NFL Blitz. Closest you... thing would be Tech Mobile. Like, literally, that's the closest thing to, that you ever played. That I ever played. Yeah. Hey, man. Tecmo Super Bowl, it's an all-timer. But anyways, that would be my answer. Okay, moving on to St. Paul Gopher at St. Paul Gopher. This is a good one. All right, ready? If you could choose one player from each team to move to a division rival for purposes of lifting players' performance playing time impact, kind of just whatever you want it to be, who would they be? Pick three from each division. Okay, starting in the East then. So this is going to be a little Ohio State heavy just because I want to spread the wealth a little bit. But it kind of lends itself to the question too because you right. know, you're not going to do as much horse trading with teams at the bottom. I think that's okay. Okay, well, anyway, I would take whoever the two non-starting quarterbacks at Ohio State are, and I'd send them to Penn State to see how competitive they could be with Ohio State – I'd send the other one to Rutgers just to see what they could do <laughs> with their real quarterback because they're building a great that's roster. Excellent. That's excellent. And see okay. how many games they could win. Okay, that's fantastic. Okay, and then the the third one, also Ohio State defensive end Jack Sawyer, send him to IU to the Hoosiers, a real absolute playmaker on defense. How good could the IU defense wow. be take it to, to like, elevate take it to next level? Yes. Okay. So you use the first one as kind of your that's first and second is yeah, how you get it okay right. for players. Okay. What other two? What whatever two don't win the starting job, send them over that's to Penn phenomenal. State and Rutgers, and then a defensive end Jack Sawyer to IU. Uh, I have the same take on the 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 top one. I say C.J. Stroud to Penn State. So take the top what we think will be the top quarterback to Penn State. Give Penn State possibly the best quarterback in the division take the top quarterback away from Ohio State. Maybe that's enough. Maybe that's enough to keep it even between the two. The next one I have, you can pick one, either running back Noah Kane or wide receiver Jahan Dotson. Actually, you could pick any wide receiver from Ohio State. Send them over to Michigan and see if they suck. Yeah, that'd be a good one. You already know they're good. I just want to send them over there to just to see if they just die. I mean, I'd like to see Chris Olave at Michigan. Dude. Like, and I know any Ohio State fan hearing that probably shuddered and screamed, but we're obviously complimenting your team and kind of crapping on your rival, but I'm that convinced with how messy things are, they would just die. Over would... under number of games before Alave just quit. 
<laughs> I should have declared, God damn it. Okay. And then along the same lines, send Ryan Day to Michigan. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm cheating. I'm using a coach. Okay, here. dang. Oh, all right. So the, you, I told you I was cheating a little bit. I'm going to cheat later. Okay. okay. All right. That's fine. Okay. So then I'm going to let's go move over to the West here. This is already a cheat. I'm taking the entire Iowa offensive line. I'm shipping them to West Lafayette to see if they can have a competent running game. Or maybe I, I should have gone Wisconsin. Either one of them. I had thought, you know, another one would be Minnesota, too. Okay. Um, but that's, that's a good, good. point. Okay, that's, that's a good, good one, too. Yeah. Send the Minnesota line. There you go. That might be my favorite one. Okay. Because I think Minnesota may end up having the best offensive line I, in the I West. Think definitely possible. Okay, another one. I'm going to take Greg Bell from West Lafayette, and I'm going to ship him to Iowa City. Since that I was I wanted to stay on the Iowa that's, yep. That so anyway, I would. I just want to see how well he would do. It's kind of like Olave to Michigan a little bit. Yep. How much would that improve the Iowa offense, and and what would it look like? And how much would David Bell's stats potentially decrease? Yes. And, yeah. And then how bad would it get offensively in West Lafayette? Yep. Okay. Is that and then I got, third third one? No. Right? Then I got one more. Okay. I'm going along the same lines as what you did. Okay. I'm going to put Fitzy at every team and then run NCAA for 2014. And just see how well he does at every West program. I swear, folks, when I read my next three, we did not compare notes before. This is somewhat of the same brain looking at the question the same way. Number one, David Bell to Iowa. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's such a double. Like, the double positive makes me it makes me so happy I, I, I kind of get a little randy just, just thinking about it. Like, sure. I don't have to go against Dave Bell. Might even be better than having David Bell on my team. So that's Did fantastic. I say David? I always say Greg Bell. Did I say David Bell? I can't remember. I can't remember. I don't know. That's, uh, Greg Bell was a baseball player, right? Okay. Yeah. It's not ringing a bell. I can't get it out of my head. I right. always call him Greg Bell, but Those it's David happen. Bell. Those things happen. The next one, I'm, I'm kind of taking another slant again. I'm taking George Kalaftis and putting him at Iowa too because – Kind of like what you just said, taking the star defensive end from Ohio State and putting them on to that team. I think that's the one thing that's missing from this Iowa defense is an elite pass rusher. So would that be enough to just ignite the Iowa defense to the best defense in the conference and be huge? And then the last one, I swear to God, I have it written down. Take Pat Fitzgerald, but I got more specific. Put him at Nebraska. Nebraska has... I still think one of the most talented rosters. Yeah, they still do. Just, just get, just see how much of a, because like what I think about is the problem with Nebraska most of the time is the turnovers and yeah. the sloppy tackling. I've never seen a Northwestern team deal with turnovers, penalties. Or sloppy tackling penalties. Yeah. So just that right alone, mix in the talent. Who knows? Yeah. Ten win, ten win season. All right, that was a great question by St. Paul Gopher. Moving on to Depot at Depot 13. Number one, or number, yeah, number one, can Iowa still win the West after they lose to Purdue, given the Hawks' rest of their schedule? So, by the way, this is an Iowa fan right here. So, a little bit of tongue in cheek here. But that's a great question. It is a great question. And so, he is, you know, in a joking way, but probably somewhat serious, saying, you know, I was going to lose to Purdue this year. I'm going to say this. If Iowa loses to Purdue this year, they will not be winning the West. That's my that's my was my first thought. There's no way they win the West if they don't beat Purdue. Because my guess is the the bare minimum of games that you can lose in conference and still get to Indy for the Big Ten West would be two. I'd say two. Yeah. So for them to then have to I mean they 
the other game that they would win would probably have to be against one of the contenders, you know, because if they lost the game to them, that would be it. It would be to vault and kick them out. Now, the next two, I'm going to kind of read together. Depot had uh, two, two questions. So the other one is realistic and unrealistic expectations for Illinois' season record. Are you a believer? Folded right into one at one at Cornhusker one. What is the realistic result of the Bielma area era in Champaign? So we got a little, we got a little Beetle interest at a couple big. And big I think these West are both components. from non-Illini fans, right? Both one from a Hawkeye fan, one from a Nebraska fan. Okay, interesting. I think, I think Beetles in people's minds a little bit. Okay, so Illini fans, a lot of them are excited at the idea. Could we actually make a bowl in season one? I don't think so. I mean, it's not out of the question, but I'm, I would. I would not count it. I would, I would put a pretty small percentage that they could do that in year one. But I think four wins is realistic. Five is possible. Six is just probably unlikely. Unlikely, but okay. So I guess it depends on your slant on the question. I think it, so to me, realistic means you could see it happening. Like the world will not stop spinning if it happens. No. it's The world's not going to stop spinning if Illinois gets to Seven wins. But I just keep saying. I think they could get to seven wins. Oh, boy. Drastic scheme changes on both sides of the ball. Don't forget that. I understand. They didn't recruit to these schemes. Highest number of people returning in the entire league, correct? Think about having a defensive end who's never dropped into coverage suddenly dropping into coverage. I'm scared to death of that. We don't have a pass rush. We are extremely thin at corner. I'm scared to death of that. Okay, there's definitely reasons why the over-under is set where it's at at three yeah. and a half, so I get that. A realistic expectation is that they can run the ball well, and they, they have been able to run the ball. Brandon Peters proves to be one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Ten West. Well, like, here's that's the thing. That's not unrealistic. That's one of the positive things is he's finally in an offense that fits his skill set. So, so that's the kind of the flip side of it. So those two things right there mix in with a good defense, not great not even top three, but a good defense. And just, this is, this is the thing, a kind of a Shiano effect. Like you're going to know by middle of the second game, Illinois fans are going to look at each other and be like, Oh my God, we're better. Yes. We, we, we quote unquote look better than we have the past five years. And I think there's a very good chance you could see that with Beetle compared to Lovey. That's the one thing that really, that thought gives me a chubby thinking, what if it just right away starts looking better? It could. Good. It's not an, it's not impossible. Now, in in terms of the entire era in Champaign, I feel like realistic is getting to a bowl game most years and maybe the the high win total, like they have one year where they win nine games. Very, very good. Wouldn't disagree with any of that. Okay. Okay. Next question from Hawk Guy Matt. Great follow on Twitter at Hawk Guy Matt. He snuck two in. When will a West team win the conference? Who will that team be? I'm gonna say this. Uh, the, the, the best chance to that, for that to happen is this year with so much turnover at Ohio state there, there's a lot of question marks with their defense and they got a brand new quarterback. It's not unrealistic to see a more seasoned team from the West beat them. Yeah. But I'm, I, I'm, I don't see a team in the West that everyone's like, Oh, they've got so much momentum. Everything's building. It's coming together at the right time. So i I'm going to disagree with that. I don't think this is the year. Okay. For those reasons. I it, Oddly, I don't disagree with what you're saying yeah. there, but then I would err towards 
how much better Ohio State could be next year if C.J. Stroud just, you know, takes off at that position. They're just, you know, that much harder to beat. The point I'm trying to make is I don't think anybody, even Ohio State fans, expect the Ohio State starting quarterback to be Justin Fields good this year. So now's the chance to get it. And, yep. and as far as the team to do it, it's Wisconsin. I, I would err towards Wisconsin. And for the reason we already talked about it, the way they're improving their recruiting is really impressive. All right, then the other one he had was what conference misconception grinds your gears the most? I've talked about it on a previous pod, kind of even mentioned it here, but the shatting on that the Big Ten West receives is ridiculous and then just kind of mixed in with them thinking the gap between the East and the West is, you know, as wide as the Grand Canyon. Yeah, so I was going to say, first one comes to mind because I'm a West guy is that the West sucks and there's no, I mean, it doesn't suck. It's very deep. Is So I, I think it's a good conference because of its depth. And I talk about it compared to the East where it doesn't have, it at least traditionally hasn't had those bottom feeding anchors Rutgers and Maryland now those teams are getting better but I mean you look back I think Purdue and Illinois have been better than those programs so they have better depth but I'm gonna go with a different one I'm going with the narrative of Michigan always being competitive in the east it just it gets annoying year in and year out Heisman candidate I think this is the year they're finally gonna be Ohio State obviously no one's saying that really this year that I've heard but that's the one that grinds my gears a lot. That makes sense. I mean, ironically, this is the first time you're not hearing that very much. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, I would say, and I, I want to just like reiterate, I do think the Big Ten East is better. It deserves to be considered better than the West. I'm, I don't think either one of us are saying that. It's just, what would you rather have? Top heavy or more depth? Right. I mean, that's where the debate's at. But the fact is, there is a debate, and and the Big Ten West is a good league. I think fourth best in the country. All right, next one is from Richard Fitzwell. If you kind of use the name, you can figure out what that means. Uh, so it's Richard Fitzwell at Corn underscore Huskers. Right now, he has it as Richard drinking his training Fitzwell. I mean, this is a guy that fits in well with our podcast right here. Which teams will be the surprises of the season better and worse than projected? I've got two surprise goods and two surprise bads. Care if I start? Go ahead. Surprise good, better than what it seems to be, you know, labeled in a lot of uh, uh, magazines or what you hear on Twitter. I've got Penn State from the East. I mean, I I think people are putting too much weight on last year and then I got Minnesota in the West. I I tend to err towards them right there. Okay? You got some prize good? Okay, I do like your Minnesota one. I don't disagree with that. But if in the West, of course, it's just got to be Northwestern for me. I, every year they're underestimated. It's happening again. 6 wins, so we already talked about it earlier. You could pretty much perma put Northwestern in that group right there. Yep, and then I guess I'm I think I'm going to stay in the West here and just say Purdue worse because I think everyone just keeps hanging on to those first couple Brom years and they won't let them go. Yeah. Where it's been a couple bad years and I just don't see that. You know, national media doesn't follow Purdue like down to a roster level and stuff. So to me, the, I talked about the five being too high for me. So I guess I'll go Purdue worse than expected. Uh, for my two, I have two surprise bad teams. Purdue uh, is right there. Um, I listened to a podcast where – this, this one guy, uh, he just is like, guys, guys, 
watch out for Purdue this year. Watch out. And I'm like, and this is a person that I would not consider among the the most uh, elite uh, brain power when it comes to breaking down the Big Ten West. And I just, I've heard that multiple times. I've seen them picked pretty high. You get the five over under for uh, uh, wins for them. Just something that doesn't make a lot of sense for me. The other surprise bad. I want to make sure I say, I don't believe the team is going to be bad. But I would maybe lean towards Indiana not looking quite as good as they were last year. That's a good one because we talked about panics, and it's just if he goes down, we know what it looks like after him. So it's not good. Yeah. And we'll talk more on this when we uh, get into breaking down the teams. But, you know, typically speaking, when you have that big of an advantage in turnovers one year, you kind of regress towards the mean. That was huge for them winning games last year. It's just tough to see that happening two years in a row. By the way, they just got another transfer running back. Dude, they're I, they're building a great re- roster. They are. Recruiting is yeah. no issue. Like, I'm not saying they're going to lose momentum and, like, uh, he's going to lose the locker room. I don't think that way at all. I just think next year could be, you know, it's challenging here. That's yeah, all. right. Okay. Next one, got another one from Juan at Cornhusker Juan. Uh, Shiano has made a vast improvement to the Rutgers roster in a little over a year. He is now recruiting one of the best classes in the country, let alone the Big Ten. Is it crazy to think that Rutgers could be a major contender in the conference in a couple years? Now, the first thing I'm going to say is it depends on what your term major means. Yeah. Okay. Like, if you mean consistently winning the East and beating Ohio State, no, I do not see that. Uh, consistently being in the top three, also far-fetched, but not crazy as to think that could be possible now as it used to be. Okay, let me talk about recruiting and what Juan had said about one of the best classes in the Big Ten and the country. If you look at Rutgers recruiting right now compared to Ohio State, Ohio State's ranked second in the country right now. Their average recruit is a 94 Rutgers is ranked, uh, gosh, can't remember, like 10 maybe in the country. Their average recruit is an 88. Okay, so if you look back, that's kind of traditionally where Nebraska recruits in the West, right around that 88. It's where the um, Iowa, Minnesota started to ascend up to there. Uh, Wisconsin's been recruiting there for a couple years now. So they're not recruiting. They're not going to end up 10th in the country is what I'm saying. Like I could see them in that 25 range somewhere around there give or take, maybe even down to 30. And a lot of times you get a lot of momentum, but then you you know, have to start just bringing in guys and you your average ranking falls. So I would pump the brakes a little bit on the recruiting, but it, it's still great for Rutgers. Okay? It's a, it, there's two things can be true at once. Yeah. Number one, their recruiting has vastly improved. Unbelievable difference. But number two, they're still a far cry from Ohio State and quite frankly, Michigan and Penn State I mean, as well. Correct, yeah. yeah. So they're, they're recruiting like fourth right now, fourth in – in the East, which is great. Yep. But that's not good enough to be challenging Ohio State. I'm sorry. Correct. Yeah. But consistently being competitive. Not in last place or even second to last place. Absolutely. I, I'm to the point now where I kind of expect that. I expect it. But I still think we could see a clunker every now and then. But, you know, shooting up to eight, nine wins, right? Yeah, yeah. Nine's high. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's a little high, but eight. Okay. I'm going to say eight. Eight. Okay. By the way, this is going to fold into two more questions that have a theme here. Next one is from our guy, Dustin Shooty at Shooty College Football, who's obviously running uh, Saturday Tradition. This is a crazy question to even think that you would have, you know, thought this was a question, and I love it. Better recruiter, 
Mike Loxley in Maryland or Greg Schiano out of Rutgers. It's easy for me. It's Schiano because he's built a program before. Uh, I think also have more confidence in Schiano kind of scouting and know, knowing who to recruit, who not to recruit, and recruiting the right guys for his system. I do think I, Lox is great. He is fantastic. He did an outstanding job at Illinois. But I also think he's a star chaser a little more than a scouter. Dude, Does that make sense? Dude, every, you, you literally just took all my bullet points. So, uh, But like, it's crazy because the question comes from the fact that everybody, including us too, we talk about Locks being the recruiter that he is all the time, but it is star chasing stuff that guys don't necessarily seem like they blossom under the system. So maybe he is a star sniffer as opposed to these guys actually being quality football players, or maybe it's more of just a system fit thing. Anyways, and he, development. you got to err towards Shiano. Yeah. With he's almost just, all of that stuff. He's done it before. He has done it before. We haven't seen it from Locks. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I mean, probably he's just a better coach. So like you just it might have something to do with it to get on campus. I just feel better for Shiano. All right. Last one is from Dan P at Danimal P one along the lines of Rutgers improved recruiting. Is there any merit if someone thought that there might be some quote unquote funny business going on because the recruiting has compared so fast? Whoa, shots fired. Um, the first thing I want to say is Dan, uh, you might want to stay away from our friend Chop yes. on, on Twitter because he might destroy you if he sees this tweet or hears it on this pod. I think he carries an axe, too. <laughs> um, so it is very strange to see a program who has traditionally not recruited well, at least for a long time, suddenly jump up like that. Um, we did see it at Purdue, but they, they kind of proved it on the field, and then it shot up. Um Look, there's nefarious stuff going on everywhere. Is there maybe a little more because it's a different coach? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you got to wonder. I, every time this happens, teams get accused of it. Illinois got accused of it publicly from Charlie Weiss at Notre Dame saying, "How? why would this guy want to go to Illinois? There's no way. They must be doing something wrong. He literally said it publicly. So, I mean, every coach is going to do things different. Is he maybe being a little shadier? It's possible. I'll say this, uh, number one, when it's all said and done, if Rutgers finishes 27th, right? That's that's probably realistic. It's to realistic, yeah. Okay. yeah. Now the bump doesn't seem quite as high as compared yeah. to where they are and where they finish up. But you boy, always get that first-year coaching bump, so I think that's one thing. The other side of it is, I haven't heard anything bad happening. No, so, you no. Know, innocent till proven guilty, so I would say no. And look, okay. Let's say they're doing something wrong. Do you think Clemson, Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, name, Oklahoma? Basically say Clemson and then name every SEC school, not name Vanderbilt. I mean, it's a weird thing, right? Because when your school loses a big recruit, you accuse the other people of cheating. But do you really want your school to not cheat at all? I don't think so. I want them to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't want it to be horrible, but yeah, it's that's probably its own podcast. All right. Next one up from... Our friend, the controversial gym in Minnesota at Huskers MM. When is your assistant coaching ranking draft show? We, we might do that. Yeah, maybe. It's a little bit harder. It's a lot know. of fun. And uh, By the way, I was at a disadvantage last year. Okay. Um, I can't remember. I don't know. There was something you kind of left out about it. Okay. So I'm going to prep better this okay. time. And All I right. went, I made some mistakes. 
Okay. I learned. Okay. It was my first draft. But who knows? We'd have to go back and listen to the podcast to see who really was better. I mean, it probably felt better at the time, but hard to say, right? Well, we'll have to look at that. We'll as write long that as, down for the... As long as, uh, you know, well, who did I... We Did we choose a head coach too, though? I think we did. Yeah. Yeah. I probably, okay. yeah, whatever. We'll I was just going to say, if, if Fitz was my coach, because I was so defensive heavy, I'm confident in winning a, you know, an 11 to nine game okay. pretty much every week. Okay. Well, we'll look at that as a possible podcast yeah. uh, topic. Uh, Jim stuck a second one in here. What would be a quote unquote successful season for Indiana? I mean, I think even a seven win season would be pretty successful because yeah. I would err towards eight. I, I think you want to get to eight. I, I agree. Like because I think an I feel IU, like at seven you could lose a little momentum. Maybe. I think if you ask an IU fan, they're gonna say eight would be pretty successful. And maybe the aggressive ones would say nine. But I think even seven's a pretty successful season. That's two years straight in a bowl after not after not going to a bowl for years. So seven I think would still keep the momentum going, kinda depending on how the seven looks, but eight, nine wins for sure. It'd be three years in a row. In three a years in a row. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next one from Brian at Vegas Sportsbook Guy. Leave it up to Brian to uh, ask this question. I love it. Uh, I'll kind of just read through these, but what's the best drink of choice when your team wins to celebrate? What's your best best drink of choice when your team loses to sulk? And also, is bourbon the answer for both? So let me start out here. Um, I actually do got a little bit of a different answer. to start out, we'll, we'll both do celebratory drink, okay? So I'm assuming this is a big win. I'm also going to assume it was a 11 o'clock or 2.30 game. I'm hoping, okay? So that big win is then going to fire me up to go get a steak, and I'm going to grill up a nice fat ribeye, and I'm going to pair that with a nice Pinot Noir from Willamette Valley. I'm going to make it a celebratory drinking meal. I like that. Good answer. I'm starting to drink wine now, by the way. Okay. This is going to be a shock to our eyes on big listeners. I have almost stopped drinking beer. Yeah, I did that a long time ago. It's been six months. I've had a handful, just like, you know, situational. Hey, here's a beer. Okay, I'll drink. So I'm really not drinking beer. So I have been experimenting with wine. So I could see myself doing it. But I'm going to go. I'm going to change up a little bit. I'm going to go instead of just bourbon. With an old-fashioned, a nice old-fashioned. I'm going to actually take the time to make myself an old-fashioned to celebrate, at least for one. Okay. Uh, Speaking of wine, uh, if you got questions on wine, uh, Brian at Vegas Sportsbook Guy is a a great person to ask, and I would highly recommend the Trincaro Wine family, of which he represents absolutely phenomenal wine choices, along with other things as well. Uh, Drink of choice for when your team loses is the same drink of choice when it was a win I expected, you know, Iowa beating directional you, you know, type of deal. I'm just going to have a nice old fashioned. And I might okay. Have, I might have quite a few of them if they lost a tough game. Okay. I'm going with bourbon, but it's bourbon right out of the bottle. I'm okay. not even pouring it. <laughs> just, just taking just... tugs off the bottle. Actually, that's, I don't know about tugs from the bottle, but uh, neat you very much like drinking bourbon neat. It, that's what, that's the how most I, common way that you drink it. That's the most common way that I drink it. Correct. Correct. And as far as beer, I don't know if you listeners can tell, 
I'm having allergy issues up the yin yang. Beer just adds to it. If I had a yeah. beer right now, I would I would blow up like a blowfish. Unfortunately, love beer, love the taste of it. Oh, you do? Oh God. Oh, okay. I, I mean, and I'll still Guinness. I don't have quite as much reaction reaction to it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, I love beer. All right, Vegas Jer at J Brand Agency. Can you please explain the relationship of a certain Wisconsin tight end to a former Wisconsin AD? <laughs> Obviously, Joe question, but that's hilarious. So. You know, so that it's funny that that <laughs> that he asked that because I was just watching the 1999 Illinois at Michigan game when Tom Brady was the quarterback at Michigan. Illinois won the game in the big house. The only time Tom Brady ever actually played against Illinois. So he's only one against Illinois. There was... <laughs> A linebacker, his name was Eric Gunther on the Illinois team, who was the nephew of the AD at the time. Okay. They didn't mention it that once. Didn't mention it once. Didn't, men- didn't mention it once. Different times back then. Yeah. People uh, didn't uh, grab uh, at the low-hanging fruit quite as often. Uh, got our friend Tess here. Uh, what could you tell us about the potential Ohio State starting quarterback next season? Hoping anyone else wins the conference in the next three years. Don't want an OSU monopoly. Um, it appears to be CJ Stroud. Here's what I can tell you. He's going to be really good. He's going to be talented and he's going to have talented people around him. Right now, Stroud seems like he's in the lead, but who knows? You know, I don't know. I think they got three good quarterbacks. That's why I want to distribute two of them to other teams. Yeah. And probably one will stay and one will go for whoever is the backup. But yeah. And the one who goes, will go somewhere, start and be amazing. And the funny thing is, is like, whenever I hear people talk about the starting quarterback at OSU, they immediately talk about the receivers and they should, it doesn't stop there. The offensive line probably is the best offensive line in the conference and the country. They're going to have a pretty good running back behind them. And Oh, by the way, Ryan day kind of knows how to call an offense. So, all right. Next one is from Marcus J at Mark Jarther going back a few pods in the salad banter. Have you considered salad kits to prevent, to prevent from throwing it out? No, I haven't because salad kits are no good. The, and I kind of think they go, they die quicker. Maybe? Oh yeah. The, the, the leaves probably do, but I don't like the dressing from them. Okay. And I don't like the, you know, there's like a little packet and it's got like, I don't know, pine nuts in it or something Stuff like stupid. That. I mean, like there's that. a lot of other things you can do. I just, the, the, one, the one thing I would say is it, I mean, it's, it's expensive, you know, because you'd have to keep buying the packets. And then for us having kids, we're trying to limit how many times we got to go anywhere. So I got to buy an essentially bulk. Sure. And you just, the, the packet or the, the kits just don't fit in. No, I'm, I'm very picky about my dressing. Understandable. If you can get a good Caesar kit, those are the ones I like the most. Most of those kits, the dressing is, has so much goddamn sugar packed Quite into a bit. it. Quite a bit. I feel like I'm eating Halloween candy. <laughs> I never even explained it like that, but that's hilarious. All right. Second one from Marcus J. Also, is it me being a biased Scotty fan or has PJ already lost momentum on what he was trying to build at Minnesota? So, you know, I'm pretty biased too. Um, As am I. I, So I don't know if I, you know, I'm I'm the right one to answer this as, as neutral as I can be. I would say how Minnesota kind of saved the year last year by not completely going off the rails. I believe he did stop a lot of the bad things that could have happened. Okay. There wasn't a flood of people that left the program in the off season. Shocking that they haven't lost their backup quarterback. For example, most guys in that situation would have been long gone. 
So, no, I don't think he th- he has lost it. In fact, I would say he's got a chance to jump on it and make it grow even more if Minnesota has a big year this year. Yeah, despite what a local news affiliate says, I think the team is still behind P.J. all the way. They're going to have a really good offense this year. I'm curious to see what happens on defense because they're, they need to have – they're going to have to have a really stout defense – and I'm talking not just this year, but long-term, if they want to crack that top three in the West. Correct. That's going to be the hard part. But you could still keep the momentum at Minnesota by going 9-3 and three and not winning the division. Oh, of course you could. Okay. I'm just saying. I mean, I think you can keep it going. Just keep going to bowl games. I, I, would, say, keep it going. I, would, I would say that much. Yeah. Yeah. I, so even 8-4, and four, definitely keep yeah. the momentum going. So I definitely think they can get there. Next one, I want to preface this. This comes from a Michigan fan. Okay. Jordan Eggleston at JW Eggleston seven. Let's say your coaches replace their coach and your only choices for replacements are khaki pants or Scott Frost. Who do you got? First thing I want to say, heesh. Like if you would have asked Michigan or Nebraska fans three years ago that this would be the question, they would have thought like, right. Oh man, it's a good point. They're, you're you're picking the two right. best coaches from the East uh-huh. and the West. Crazy that it's the opposite now that we are asking it in the year 2021. It is. It took me a little while to get to this, but now I'm pretty confident in my answer. I would take Scott Frost just because we don't know we don't know who Scott Frost is completely yet. He's only been there three years. I'm a five year guy. Give me five years, I can make a judgment on a coach. We we've seen that from Harbaugh. I don't see Harbaugh going. In the positive direction, I see him going the negative. I haven't seen a, a pointed up arrow from Frosty yet, but I don't see it down either. Okay. So I, for me, it's it's solidly Scott Frost. So I would cheat in one way saying, if you gave me the Jim Harbaugh from five years ago, seven, eight years ago, yeah. I'm choosing that Harbaugh. Because he does, sure. he has had some really good years. I, mean, I, dude, I don't want to discount. He took a team to the Super Bowl. Stanford well, was a, a... But I'm talking about even at Michigan. He's right. had some pretty good years. That's what I'm saying. Like, Stanford through the 49ers, through the beginning of Michigan, this answer is Jim Harbaugh all day long, yeah. correct? But right now, I would also take Scott yeah. Frost. Yeah. I mean, it's not a landslide no. answer, but... And again, I think a lot of it is kind of what you said. Frost probably just needs more time. All right, next one. Boltwagon at Boltwagon 1. Great listener and follower of the podcast. How about instead of paying players, each Power 5 program buys every player every player disability insurance in the event of a career-ending alternate I'm going to start out by injury. correcting him. He should have said instead of paying them more. Because <laughs> okay. they're already getting paid. Yeah. In a number of ways, we've. I'm not going to hash through it now, but I see what he's saying. Like, get them like a cash, like actual, a, an income is basically what he's saying. Ah. Instead of like cost of scholarship and the scholarship and and all that crap. Um, but yes, th- there's plenty of money, so I think they should do something like this. I do too. Like, I think this is way better. And I've heard this kicked around, and of course, because it makes so much sense, this won't be whatever gets done. But something along the lines of you don't get that money. Unless essentially you don't have to stay with the same team, but just get through college. Maybe you even have to get your degree. Now, if you get injured, that's different. You, you should get paid out for whatever you get paid out. And in scholarship wise, yeah. they do. So that type of pension is a little bit different. And I'm, I'm kind of folding and cheating on this, this question a little bit. But if there was something more along the lines of 
not giving these kids the cash while they're 19 and 20 and 21 years old. I'm sorry, but I'm not saying you're making great financial decisions at 22 and 23, but you got a little bit better chance at 19, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, at you 19, get, you, you get $400 just... in year 19, that $400 is gone. You throw a bunch of money at a 19-year-old more than he's had, he'll probably go buy a Mercedes, something stupid like that. <laughs> might, might get a, have a couple more shekels to get up that high, but I heard you saying. Uh, not another one from Boltwagon. What's the chance that we finally get to sit in a room and ask khaki pants and other coaches a question at Big Ten Media Days? I mean, I don't, it's not going to happen this year, right? They're back on. Are they doing it in person though? In person this year. Oh well, then I have just some... just got announced. We got some work. Oh, to I do. didn't hear that. Just got announced late. This okay, week. well then I got to send we an got email some work off. To do. Yeah. Okay. Good well, so TBD, it, TBD. But if as long as we can get there in person, then yeah, I, I, I they got to call on me. Right. Right. But would be amazing. We'll see. All right. That's our friend Vegas Jerrigan. Can you please do a deep dive on the relationship of a skirt and a Wisconsin tight end to a Wisconsin AD? Okay, that was funny. Had to read it again. All right, another one from our friend Tess. Penn State was ranked 18, 8 to 15 in the preseason rankings last season and became one of the only 12 wins for Scott Frost. I'd like to preface this by saying Tess is a Nebraska fan. Uh, Penn State gained a lot of experience. Penn State is now ranked again. Are there coaches, players, or anything to believe that they will win eight games minimum? I hope they recruit an upgrade over Clifford. Yes, there is definitely enough talent on the Penn State roster to get to eight wins. In fact, I would expect them to get to eight wins and then go over that. Yeah, I mean, they're over-unders at nine. So, um, I, I mean, maybe that's a dig on Clifford a little bit. I think if you asked, you know, if you... If you pumped every Penn State fan with sodium pentothal and asked them the question, they would all pretty honestly say they're pretty nervous about Clifford and would like to see somebody beat them out. But looking at the other 21 players that start, there's a lot of good football players in there. And they've recruited well the quarterback position. Maybe somebody overtakes them. Yeah. That wouldn't surprise me at all, in Not fact. Not at all. Yeah, I, I'd almost... I don't know. I'm not sure what percentage I'd put it at, but maybe close to 50-50 that somebody else actually... Becomes a starting quarterback. I, I don't. I don't think that's yeah. without question. Okay, another one from Levi Pop. Multiple Big Ten defenses usually are ranked in the top ten every year. Do you believe they are elite defenses, or is part of it due to the lack of high-powered offenses? Personally, I think they are great defenses. They just don't play that many great offenses. Can I start out here real quick? Go for it. So I think this is a percentage thing. This isn't a a black and white yeah, question. I agree. This is a shade of gray thing. Yep. Okay. Um, I think it's pretty fair to say I am biased towards the Big Ten, and I believe we play really good defense in the Big Ten. You don't have the same four, five, or six defenses at the top of the country every single single year without being able to look at that and say there's obviously something to the defensive coaches' philosophy and the players that they recruit to that system. There are good defenses in the Big Ten. With that being said, I would say it's about 75% because of the good defense and coaching and philosophy about 15% because I would say the lack of dynamic offenses, mostly quarterbacks, lack of dynamic quarterbacks in the big 10 outside of Ohio state. And then by the way, 10% weather that's that plays yeah. in to the overall stats of the, the league when you got a whole month being played in the muck. Okay. I, I also think it's a gray area. I'm going to add in, agree with everything you said, I'm going to add in the fact that the West really is a true old-school ground-and-pound, run-first 
division. It just is. So I think that does play into it. But the, here's the thing. The defenses in bowl games hold up. And, and the offenses a lot of times spark. Look at Iowa versus USC. Yeah, uh, that's Northwestern true. versus Utah. Right. They but, opened it up and came out. But Minnesota I, versus Auburn. I mean, I've, I could come up with more. There has been a ton of times where you've seen Big Ten uh, West offenses be like, wow, I'm not, I, I don't have to fight for sure. every single yard and they take off. But I guess my point being that, you know, a lot of these teams just don't even care about time of possession anymore, but that's not true in the West. It's a style thing. Yeah. Yep. All right. Next one from the John L. Smith misery index. What did I do wrong in 2006 versus Notre Dame? I thought I had it all right. Well, uh, so this, <laughs> this is not me talking. This is Mike Valenti talking, but I think hiring Teddy Ruxpin and HR Puffin stuff as your coordinators probably was your first mistake. <laughs> Is that fair? That's fair. I was going to say, like, whatever deal Fitzy made with the devil, John L. just, I don't know what deal he made way back then. Maybe there's some, like, evening out in the soul universe, you know, where if you give to one, you have to take from another. And our coaches are screwing it up. Um, John L. Smith, misery index. himself in the face. (laughs) Was it it after that game? I don't remember. I think or was he, he, he was slapping himself, yeah, was, right? He slapping him? Oh, good. Oh, my uh, God. John L. Smith, Misery Index. Fantastic question on – or fantastic follow on Twitter. All right, this brings us to our last question. Saved it for last for a reason. It's kind of fun. Uh, this is from at Sidelines Northwestern or, – or Sidelines Northwestern at side, Sidelines underscore NU. Jeffrey the Greek and Big Kurt. Which would be the bigger personal hell – Big Kurt having to give a positive award introduction praising Mark Emmert or me, Jeffrey the Greek, doing the same for Matt Campbell. Yeah, it's a tough one. (laughs) Emmert's just such a spineless little wimp, you know, isn't he? That's a great way to explain him, yes. It's just hard to like that guy. Very much so. But I also think he's a puppet for all the the universities, especially the powerful ones, you know, the, the blue bloods really is what I'm talking about. So it's just like kind of, you're going to do what we tell you to do. So maybe I shouldn't hate on the guy too much. He probably is making a crap load of money just to sit there and do nothing. Or at least you would say if you took Mark Emmert out and put anybody in, nothing would be much. Probably wouldn't change that. So, much. so hating Mark Emmert maybe is, is fruitless. So maybe it's great. just, it's my jealousy is really the at fault here. Okay. I would I wouldn't mind making whatever million five or whatever he makes to and that, do nothing. That folds into the question. I mean, you gotta take that into account, I think. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, having to be on some sort of public stage where I knew my family and friends were recording me saying something great about Matt Campbell would be would be torture that should be unknown to men. So There'd I There'd be I more would, more humility for you doing that, don't you think? I, I it would be more of a personal hit, like yeah, I still have friends connected to the Iowa football program. So them knowing that I'm doing that yeah. would be absolutely horrible. Like you would basically have to hold one of my children over the fire to get me to do that <laughs> or just a such a substantial amount of money. So I would say I, think, I would say that's the winner. I think you're the winner. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was fun. Yeah, it was I fun. think we got through that pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, it's about as fast as we could. Not too bad. We're looking a little over an hour. All right. Uh, I'm going to get out of the meat locker. I mean, we could, I think we could theoretically hang meat from the ceiling down here, and it would be fine. You could age steaks down here. I think, I think some dry think so. aging. Yeah. We just need Rocky down yeah. here, kind of, you know, 
chucking and chiving and hitting the stuff. All right. I am Jeffrey the Green. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon.